Welcome to Rise Up in Business, the law podcast for small business owners. This podcast is designed to share important legal information without the stuffy legal jargon. I'm Tracy Marlacrane. Let's get into today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Rise Up in Business podcast. Today, I'm going to dive in and talk to you about engaging employees and contractors in your business. So as businesses grow, needs change. So what might suit us at one stage in our business journey won't necessarily suit us later on. Small business owners often come to me to talk about what it is that they should be doing when they're thinking about growing their team. And there's a lot to say on that. But one of the very first things we need to get clear on is whether an employee arrangement is going to suit the business or whether the business's needs will be better met by engaging a contractor. So the very first thing I say to business owners when they do reach out to me to have this conversation is we need to get clear, crystal clear, on what it is you want to achieve in this role. Once we have clarity around that, we can dive in and consider the options and weigh up the pros and cons between employees and contractors. The first thing to understand when you're weighing up the pros and cons between employees and contractors is that each role, i.e. the employee role or the contractor role, have different financial obligations attached to them. So traditionally or typically, a contractor will be paid a higher hourly rate because they don't have the benefit of paid annual leave, personal leave, you don't pay their superannuation and so on. Employees, on the other hand, are typically paid a lower hourly rate or a lower annual salary, but on top of that, you have to make sure that you're paying their superannuation and you need to make an allowance in your budgeting or your financial planning for their annual leave entitlements. So that's the first part. Once we get clear on that, so employers know exactly what it is or small businesses know exactly what it is that they're looking at in terms of budget, getting a really clear understanding on what it is you want the person to be doing in your business is going to really help you with your decision making here. So for example, if you only need somebody for a couple of hours a week to provide you with support, and it doesn't matter to you whether they work for other businesses, it doesn't matter to you if they're working for your competitors, you just need that support. And a great example here is a VA, a virtual assistant. A VA is a fabulous example of when a contractor really is appropriate because you typically need a VA in your business to offer the really important support that you need to grow and to continue to drive your business forward. But typically you need them on an as-needed basis. They're working for other clients. You don't have an issue with that. You generally don't mind if they delegate the work. So if they're getting one of their team members to do your social media hashtag research or to do your document editing, for example. So once you're clear on what it is that you actually need the person in this role to do, we then start feeding into the differences between employees and contractors to work out what's going to suit. Off that, control is important. Do you need somebody exclusively for you? Does this person need to be working only exclusively for your business? Is that important for you? That's the first thing. The second thing is delegation. Is it important to you that the individual you engage is the individual who carries out the tasks? If the answer is no, then a contractor might lend itself very well to your needs. What's your long-term vision for this role? Do you need somebody to come in and provide you with the specialist expertise or the specialist support? So a VA, as I've touched on, a bookkeeper is another fabulous example, social media managers, online business managers, 
SEO support? Do you need somebody that has those specific expertise to fill the gaps of your knowledge or fill the gaps of your skill set to help support your business? Or is the role a more holistic role and you want somebody to come into your business, be committed, learn your business, grow with your business and be a valuable member of your team? So you can start to see the difference. Once you get the clarity around that, it becomes easier then to start leaning one way or the other in terms of whether an employee is going to suit you or a contractor is going to suit you. What I do want to talk about here for a moment is exit strategy. Several times recently, clients are saying to me, Tracy, I've made a decision to bring on a contractor in my business because either I'm just not ready to take on the responsibility of an employee or I've been burned and had bad experiences with employees. I don't want to take another one on. I'd like to just have a clean exit strategy, so therefore I'm going to bring a contractor into my business. This is fundamentally flawed in terms of thinking that a contractor has an easier exit strategy for you than an employee does. If that's your reasoning and if that's your pivotal decision-making component as to which option is going to suit you, then I'd like you to pause and just hear what I say here because it's not necessarily the case that your exit strategy will be easier or more streamlined if you're working with a contractor. So obviously, if you've been listening to me for a while, you know it goes without saying that whichever way you go, employee or contractor, you must record the agreement in writing. So that will either be an employment agreement or an independent contractor agreement. Now, if you opt for the contractor and you do enter into an independent contractor agreement, there will be a notice provision in there that's required. So if you do decide that it's not working out and you want to terminate your relationship with the contractor, you'll need to give the notice. So whatever that notice is, and I see them typically between anywhere between seven days and 30 days notice is required. And yes, you can terminate and still pay out that notice, but nonetheless, there's a liability attached to there and it's a legal requirement that you'll need to comply with that notice period. Now, if you're taking on an employee, whether it's casual, full-time or part-time, that's another consideration in terms of notice. So if you're saying to me, I'm going to take on a part-time or full-time employee, if it doesn't work out, you can still exit that relationship by giving notice to that employee of termination. So either in your employment agreement, you'll have a notice period provision. And let's just say they've been with you for less than a year. So you're looking at a week's notice versus the contractor agreement where you may be subjecting yourself to potentially a 30-day notice period. Just something to consider. If it is the case that you're taking on a casual employee, of course, you don't have that requirement to give notice. So that's also an option. But again, in determining whether you need your needs met in your business by a casual employee or a contractor, your obligations need to be considered and your needs, again, I go back to your needs for this specific role, need to be considered too. Because if you do engage a casual employee, well, they don't need to give you notice either if they wish to terminate the arrangement because of the nature of a casual employer-employee relationship. So if it's important to you that you're not left in the lurch, for example, then the casual employee arrangement won't suit you. If flexibility in terms of hours is important for you, then a part-time employee arrangement may work. Similarly, a contractor arrangement may work. But again, coming back to the exit strategy, I wouldn't suggest then that the contractor arrangement is going to lend itself to a smoother exit strategy for you because even a part-time employee, if they've been with you for less than a year, 
you are required to give them a week's notice if you'd like to bring the relationship to an end. I'm just talking about the first year of employment here because this is usually when we need to rely on our exit strategies when we're bringing team members in. So without getting caught up in what's going to be a smoother exit strategy and what can I do if things go wrong, you're better off focusing on precisely what it is that you need this new team member to do for you, so the skill set and the commitment. Focus on whether or not it's important to you that that particular individual provides the services for you or if they can delegate. Focus on whether it's important to you that you have complete exclusivity with this person. If, it, if you do need that, then we need to talk about an employee relationship. But if you don't, again, that's another tick over in the contractor column when you're assessing your pros and cons. Once you're clear on what you need, once you're crystal clear on the financial commitment, what your obligations are, I think you'll find then that the decision comes naturally. It'll, you'll just fall into one category or the other. Very rarely do I see people sitting on the fence because once the clarity is achieved in relation to what specifically is required for the role, we fall into one of those two categories very easily. Now, as I've said, it is absolutely essential that whichever way you go, you record your agreement in writing. I say this so often, prevention's better than cure, and this is just yet another one of those times where this is exactly the case. If you want to set yourself up for a positive, smooth working relationship with your new team member, whether it be employee or contractor, you need to have that agreement recorded in writing, properly, tailored for your business, tailored from the role, right from the very beginning. If you don't, you're leaving yourself exposed to misaligned expectations, poor communication about what the expectations are, and then ultimately some of those awkward and tricky situations that we all want to avoid in business. I hope that's been helpful if you're thinking about growing your team and bringing on either an employee or a contractor. I have got loads more information on this particular topic over on the website on our resources page. So the resources page is updated frequently and it is designed to provide you with tips and tricks and guidance that you need as you're working through all the things that small business owners need to work through. We've got handy documents on there in relation to the employer-employee relationship, bringing on a contractor. If you are leaning towards a contractor relationship, there's a checklist over on the website of things you need to consider when you're bringing on a contractor. It's all there. So if you haven't already checked out our resources page, please do. There is so much value there on a range of topics that I know are really important to you as a small business owner. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of the podcast. I really appreciate it and I can't wait to catch you next time.